Hello? All right. Hello, you. Hello, me. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a while. It's been quite some time. Yeah. I don't even remember when it was. I don't remember when I last spoke to you. <laughs> like 10 minutes ago? Yeah, probably. Not probably. That is really what happened. All right, moving on. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Actually, good doesn't really encompass how I'm doing. But um, for our friends back home, <laughs> um, some quick updates as to what we've been up to, why we've been MIA. I'd like to say that we've been, you know, working on the super cool project, but in reality... We've been working on a project called Life. <laughs> like work. Like work. And laundry. And work. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're definitely settled, a lot more settled in now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in the daily grind of things. So it's just been kind of hard for us to find time where we're in sync, yeah. you know? Well, not only time when we're in sync, but time when we're in sync and not tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, I, I've... written down a few things we've done um we've or i have been into this whole thing of making hawaiian food <laughs> well not like hawaiian food but i mean Local we made food. yeah we made kalua pig kalua pork um butter mochi i've been making that a lot yeah. <laughs> that's actually a hit here yeah surprisingly well not surprisingly in that never mind It's delicious, but it's, it's not delicious. my cooking. It's just the recipe's <laughs> great, you know. Um, and then I'm going to try to make somen salad. I've been really craving somen salad. So it's funny. It's like when you can't get it here, you end up making it. Because in Hawaii, I had no desire to make it, you know. Anyway. And what's hard, too, is even like finding the ingredients to it. Yeah, they don't sell aloha shoyu here. Yeah, we've been craving... Uh, what's shoyu that chicken? Called? Shoyu chicken. <laughs> and that's specifically aloha shoyu. Yeah. Because the other ones are too strong, yeah. Yeah, so it's trying to look for that. I mean, we went to uh, the local grocery market today. Mm-hmm. And I was actually looking for tofu. Were you really? Yeah, because I assumed that... Well, we were looking for kamaboko, but um, to help me look for kamaboko, I was looking for tofu. Because if you have tofu, that's an Asian mm. um, thing. Um, and yeah, I couldn't find any of it. And so what's interesting is like in Hawaii... You have all the Asian foods and all the supermarkets because yeah. that's a norm. Yeah. But here it's more Mexican stuff because that's yeah. the norm. Yeah. And so you see a lot of like anything Mexican food related, mm-hmm. but you rarely see. Um, it's kind of like when you go to uh, Safeway and you go to the, in- the, the international, international mar- aisle. Yeah. In our international aisle in Hawaii, it's like, you know, you got the little Mexican stuff here and you yeah. got the Vietnamese stuff yeah, here. Yeah, not, yeah. not too much. But not when you go prominent. to everywhere else, you got all this like major Asian stuff because mm-hmm. that's the staple. But here it's the opposite where mm-hmm. all the Mexican stuff is all the staple. But you go to the international aisle and then you have like a little bit of Asian stuff here yeah. and all that stuff. So I saw individually packaged spam today. Did you see that? Individually packaged like spam. Like in HEB, there was like... Like, it wasn't in a can. It was in, like, not like a Ziploc, but, you know, those kind of... Ew. Yeah, but it, it said, like, individually packaged. So, I'm guessing it's, like, two or three slices or something. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really odd. <laughs> anyway, so we've been doing that. Um, we saw the most recent Avengers. It was good. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I finished reading Ready Player One, finally. That was good. Moving on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, there's one thing I want to say about that, but I'll save it for later. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, what do we do during Memorial Day weekend? Drum roll. Uh, we went to Waco. We went to Waco. Woo. <laughs> it was fun. It was okay. It's a day trip. Yeah. Well, that's the crazy thing that it's that it can be. For those of the, for those of you who don't know what Waco is, Waco oh, is yeah. a town that is. If you watch the TV show Fixer Upper yes. with Chip and Joanna Gaines, mm-hmm. uh, they that's are. Um, that's what kind of put the city on the map recently. Yeah. Uh, previously, it was because of a cult war, but don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Um, but it's yeah, a home renovation. It's a home renovation yeah. show. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah, uh, Christine really likes the show. I do. So we decided to go. Uh, we actually went with another couple from church. Yeah. And the town is very small. It's very small. Uh, it's it probably like startling. a... Maybe like a Pearl City. Not even. Not even? Like a, like a Milani? I don't think they're even. it's even that big. But I, well, I, mean, I, I think it's be, like Milani. It? Yeah, okay. I think it's like Milani. Okay. Oh, no, I think it's bigger than Milani. I think it's like Pearl City, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's a three-hour drive from Houston to Waco, so we drove three hours to go there, um, did some fixer-upper stuff, <laughs> stayed a night there, yeah. and the next day we went to a church, and mm-hmm. then we left right after that. Yeah. And basically, we did everything we needed to in about... A couple hours, yeah. Uh, well, standing in line and everything is probably oh, like yeah. six hours worth. Yeah. So. I was gonna, if if I can muster up the energy, I wanted to blog about it. Of like, a, here's a recommended itinerary. So I'll save that for all that stuff for later. But yeah. um, real quick, what was your favorite part? In and out. I thought so. They actually had an <laughs> in and out in Waco. That was the. We, best. I never thought to think that they would have it there because yeah, it's we, a West Coast thing. Well, yeah, but I knew that they have it in Dallas and oh, I guess so. Austin, but yeah, not yet in Houston. My favorite part was the restaurant. We went to Magnolia Table, which is their restaurant that they opened up recently, and that was definitely my favorite. Yeah, except for the fact that you actually have to stand in line for about 45 minutes to uh-huh. an hour to just to put down. your name down. And then they'll text you. And you right? wait another 45 minutes to an hour to get inside. Actually, I think we waited... Like 45 about, minutes. Was it 45 minutes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. it was good, yeah. And so, I'll save that for later um today there's a few things that came to mind that i thought might be interesting to talk about but what did we do today (laughs) today's saturday what did we do i'm pointing to something oh we bought uh a thin line bible (laughs) woohoo what kind uh we bought a, a csb Okay, uh, so called... tell me about this because I hadn't heard about it until today. And of course, I'm like someone who has to jump on the bandwagon. And so <laughs> Daniel was like, I need a thin line Bible. And I was like, okay, sure. So we went to a local, um, I think they're a franchise though, right? Um, a Lifeway so. Christian store and mm-hmm. it was huge. And um, tell me more about this CSB, Daniel. And uh, like how you heard about it, what you know about it, why you decided you wanted to get one. Christian Standard Bible is, I heard it from uh, when we... Uh, when we were at back in Hawaii, we had a, um, what's it called? Uh, Matt Dirks and uh, Pastor Owen when we did the, oh, advisory advisory meeting. That's what it was. Um, and This is at our former church yeah, in Hawaii, and, right? Yeah, uh, and Matt Dirks, Church of Harbor, Pastor of Harbor, 
uh, was mentioning about how he really likes the CSB. I think it was a CSB and how readable it was. And so that kind of piqued my interest. Um, today, I used to have a thin line ESV, but I couldn't find it. And I really wanted to carry around a thin line because mm-hmm. my little study Bible is a little too big in my bag now. And so, which is ironic given you used to carry around this four translation, <laughs> four translation, yeah. thick Bible like that I still book. have. Yeah, I see yeah, it's it right there. over there. Um, but yeah, it um, basically what it is. I guess uh, the easiest way to put it is, I used to say for the ESV, it's kind of like the NIV. It's in between the NIV and the NASB. Mm-hmm. Um, in its readability and its, um, what's that called? It's word for word translation. Yeah. Um, this one, I will probably say it's in between the NIV and the ESV, but mm-hmm. kind of closer to the ESV. So it's a lot easier to read, mm-hmm. but it's still accurate. Um, still pretty accurate. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't really know too much about it, but I thought this would be a way to kind of try it out and yeah. see what happens. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. What do you like about reading different translations or why why do you read different translations? Um Like why do I read What do you mean? Like I mean, you could have easily thought, you know, said like, "Oh, ESV, you know, I I've been reading ESV and I like it, you know, and mm-hmm. I, you know, you made the transition from NIV or and stuff mm-hmm. and then um you know what I mean? I I feel like, for me, I'm type I'm the type that'll like find one thing and stick uh-huh. with it till I die. Kind uh-huh. of like I don't yeah, like yeah, yeah. to waver too much. But um, so why the experi experimental like? Oh, I don't know. It's leap just into it. I don't know. I just like reading the different versions. Whatever is the easiest. I really really like the old NIV. Uh, oh back yeah, in the, day, the 1984. Yeah. And it's because it was so easy to read and so mm-hmm. easy to understand. Um, do you find it beneficial to read from different translations or I think it's beneficial to have different translations oh, okay. uh, because or to look through different translations because you're not going to be able or when you translate from Greek to English you're going to have multiple translations mm. uh, and wordings because it's not like a one-to-one translation mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's going to be different nuances and different quote-unquote interpreters or different scholars will give different ways to say it mm-hmm. and so it's beneficial to have like a nasby i mean if you're if you're really into studying it's mm-hmm. beneficial to have like the amplified version which is like ridiculously word for word all oh, the way is up that to, what it is? yeah um because they have like you have the, I saw all the parenthetical yeah so they'll, yeah, they'll like, have little mini this? commentaries yeah. or they'll even explain like this word is also translated like this 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 oh this. i didn't know that um so that's amplified all the way to i think the nlt i like the nlt which is more like if i had to say it like a commentary oh interesting um but it's a pr- it's pretty close it's it's literally um thought not thought for thought but it's really it's really readable mm-hmm. that's what it's built for so yeah and so i like amp NASB is a little tough to read. ESV. Do you, um, this is an interesting question that came to mind, but do you find that before you used to quote unquote judge someone if they didn't read from the same translation as you or currently, (laughs) it's funny, he's smiling. Um, 
Or, okay, so, yeah, what was it like before when you were younger Mm -hmm. in age and as well as in faith? And now what's the difference? Like when you hear someone say, oh, I read from La-di-da, like does that make you think of them differently as a follower of Christ? Uh, What are your (laughs) thoughts of like this is – so back don't in the day, this. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, back yeah. in the day, I used to, yeah, I mean, the different versions, if, the moment I hear someone read like the message, oh, it's okay, instantly wait, like, okay. uh, I don't think you're, I don't mm. think that's a good thing. Um, but they're reading. But they're reading. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that's what I used to think. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, but sorry, sorry, nowadays sorry. it's, I, I totally, whatever, whatever you want to read yeah. is fine because, um, you're reading the Bible. Yeah. Uh, I will say if you're studying, um, like legit, like full on studying what the text says, then I might be like, maybe you shouldn't read the message because that's not what the message is for. Mm. The message doesn't follow word for word. It's more of the colloquial English to help people mm-hmm. understand easier. Um, but at the same time, it's like teach their own. I mean, I heard Chuck Swindoll. I really like Chuck Swindoll. Um, he, he uses the message every once in a while. Really? Yeah, when it is message. Because it's a very good, um, the more common <laughs> colloquial English they use, yeah. the more commentary it is in mm. my head. And that's why it's like, it, it helps you to understand mm-hmm. easier sometimes to read those. I forget transitions. if it was J.D. Greer or it might have been you referencing a sermon you had heard recently. Um, but one of these pastors had said something like, you know what, As pick a translation that, I think the question might have been, um, which translation should I read from, mm-hmm. you know? And which is legitimate, like, if you're just entering into the faith. It's Glenn Crider. It oh, was, was it from class. your seminary yeah. class? Okay. And, um, yeah, I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, yeah, and he answered that question of which translation should I read from or which is the best. And I think he said something like, the one that's going to get you to keep reading mm, or something, right? Like that's good. the one that'll help you to stay in, you know, in the word because yeah. there's no sense if you pick up this really hard translation, despite how renowned or whatever it might be, you if you're not reading read, it, yeah. right? And um, that was really good. That was really, really good for me to hear. Yeah. Yeah, in the end, every translation has its flaws. Yeah. And so regardless of which translation you pick, like that that's the reason why I say if you're going to study, it's better to have multiple translations. Yeah, because, so you can kind of yeah. like compare yeah, yeah, across. Yeah. And so, but, but yeah, pretty, yeah, in the end, it's to each their own. Yeah. If you want to read the NIV, read the NIV. If you want to read yeah. the NASB, the <laughs> AMP. I remember Kawanishi really liked reading the app. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was really oh, fun seeing that. I haven't heard his uh, name in a while. Yeah, and so... Oh. But yeah, that's... Teach their own, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not nothing to judge people on. I think yeah. it's good to ha- for a church to pick a translation mm. so that it's consistent. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah. Rather than that have every week, oh, we're reading from the CSB today. Yeah, oh, we're yeah, reading yeah. from the NASB today. Oh, we're reading from the King James B today. Yeah. And it's just... Did you say King, King James, James B? B? <laughs> KJV. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but other than that, yeah, you teach their own, man. I'm glad we caught that on recording. <laughs> you would never live to see the day. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll erase or, it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited to try this. I know nothing about the CSB. I just literally jumped on the bandwagon because I'm like, yeah. oh, new Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the few verses that I read, it was it was a lot easier to read. Yeah. And it didn't stray... 
from the ESV or what the mm. e- I mean I'm comparing it between the ESV and the CSB. Mm-hmm. And when I the few translate the few verses that I read, yeah, um, it was easier. CSB was easier to read, but it didn't stray from what the what the ESV was saying yeah. either. So, so yeah, I, I, so far I like it. Cool. Okay, so this is um, what I really um, one of the main things I really wanted to discuss tonight was. Um, well, let me give a little bit of a backstory. So recently we went to um, our sister-in-law got ordained at um, and she became a deaconess. Is that right? Yes. Um, and so we went to one of the Woodlands, like like Methodist Church, huge um, campus, right? Um, it was beautiful inside. It was cool. The um, projected stained glass windows. I thought that was really smart. It's back to and my theater days. That was neat because I've never seen it projected, like from a projector, it's stained glass. But I actually wanted to talk about the sermon that we okay. heard then. Yeah. Um, and even, okay, so another backstory. Sorry, I'm all over the place tonight. Is um, previously when we went to see her get, was it ordained or commissioned or something she in was, California? I think she was getting commissioned. Something, like a, a, a so basically precursory in the, step, in the, right? In the Methodist system. Oh, yeah. Even you, more of a backstory. Sorry. <laughs> so my parents are, my whole family is part of the Methodist system. In order to become a deacon or an elder slash pastor, you have to go through a process. You have to go to the seminary. You have to mm-hmm. go through a process. In that process. Write papers. Yeah. So in that interviews. process, you become, I guess, commissioned or something like mm-hmm. that. And then you do more stuff and then yeah. you become fully ordained. Yeah. So it's a very formal process. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the first step, there was some kind of first step. And we went to that ceremony in California and we had heard a sermon then. Mm-hmm. And then now here we are in Texas and we went to another um, ceremony and we heard this sermon mm-hmm. um what were your initial feelings walking in because mm-hmm. i know that you have a history with methodist system and i have none mm-hmm. you know and i i'm really not that familiar with all the different denominations but mm-hmm. um what were your initial um judgments for lack of better words towards the methodist system going in and did it change or was it any different coming up um <laughs> Uh, so I, I I grew up in the Methodist system. Uh, my my dad's a Methodist pastor. My uh, grandpa was a, was he? I don't know if he was a Methodist pastor, but um, in Korea, no. He I mean he was a pastor in L.A. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, if you don't know the Methodist system, it's it's very liberal. Um, it's a very liberal denomination, and um, kind of trying to keep it general. But I guess I kind of can't. Um, there's a very big rift in the Methodist system right now um, mm. of its politics, of what they believe and um, and whatnot. And uh, when we were in California, where my sister-in-law was first ordained, the pastor or the bishop, the one one of the guys in charge, mm-hmm. was very. He used she. No, the first one was a he. He used no. It was, Oh, was there another one that I missed? I was talking. I'm thinking about my brother's ordination. Oh, okay, yeah, see. I so know. I went to two ordination: my yes, brother's ordination and that. my sister-in-law's commission. Mm. I, can't, I don't know if that's called commission, but yeah, that. Um, the first time I went, uh, the guy was very liberal, and he used the pulpit that is meant to um, to kind of speak to those who are being ordained. Mm-hmm. He used that more as a political. Mm-hmm. Um, moment, yeah, and basically 
talked about this rift mm-hmm. um, and made some few points. Okay. And um, I'm not on the side of that politic. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with him. Um, and one of the things that really got me upset was he used the Bible as a means. So his final line was, um, this is what the Bible says. And the people who are against this policy or this political thing mm-hmm. says that this is what it says in the scriptures. But we also have the Bible too, mm-hmm. which he, what, he, what he was referring to is, um, though the Bible says this thing's about, about that topic, we also have the Bible that says this is about the topic. So he's basically mm-hmm. putting the Bible against each other or Bible mm-hmm. verses against each other. Yeah. And that's dumb. God didn't speak against each uh, yeah. himself. And so I was really bothered by that. And then the second time, which you were there, yeah, she used the bishop used that same pulpit as a means for the same pol- political issue. Yeah, which I remember when I first sat in that one, I was kind of surprised because I think I thought, "Oh wow, I didn't realize this is such a is this just a real big conversation right now within the Methodist yeah. denomination?" You know, and I and I'm really ill versed in everything that's going on, so mm-hmm. that's my bad for not being aware. You know, but. That was kind of surprising to hear a lot about that yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah. oh, interesting that yeah. they talk a lot about it. And so, yeah, that was, and she was she said the same thing about that political issue of yeah. how it should be that way. Um, and using stories, anecdotes that basically, I mean, it, it just didn't make sense, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, to me. Because um, it's not, in my opinion, right yeah. of the anecdotes that she was using. And so when we went to this recent ordination mm-hmm. for my sister-in-law, the, the final <laughs> ordination for her to become a deacon, deaconess, I went in with a very guarded heart. Mm-hmm. I was I didn't care why uh, about being there. The only reason why I was there was to um, see her and cheer her on. Uh, if you guys haven't, if you guys have talked to me before, I, I've already told many people that I'm completely against the Methodist system. I'm I'm out of the Methodist s- mm-hmm. system. Uh, I don't want to be a part of it. That's why I don't go to Methodist churches and whatnot, just because of the the theological differences. Not that they're not Christian. I definitely mm-hmm. don't believe that's a that, good clarification. <laughs> I I don't believe that they are not Christian. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. I totally do believe that, but the theological issues make it really hard for me to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So. Because you realize your personal theological beliefs are different. Yes. Yeah, simply put. Um, and so I went in with a completely heart and heart. The moment he started preaching, I completely basically closed my ears. Mm. Uh, well, not really, but figuratively I closed my ears. And then he started preaching. Mm. <laughs> and I was I was listening to see how he would segue into the political mm political thing and i was just listening and listening and listening trying to judging every word he said and whatnot and then he started preaching about the gospel Mm. of how the gospel well he was preaching uh, on a quick note he was preaching about the passage where paul says to the jew i become a jew to the greek Mm -hmm. i become a greek and basically what he says that this needs to be contextualized in our culture yeah that we need to become um, a Jew to the Jew or we need to become a football player or a football fan to the football fan because mm-hmm. he was a pastor and the pastor or the the church that he was ministering at was a really heavy high school football team. Yeah. And so he went or to the high games. high school football team supporter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that high school was like well-renowned or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a bitty, really big high school football team. Yeah. So he would go to the games every Friday um, 
And so to him, he became a football fan to the football fans. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't care for high school football, but he went for the sake of the gospel. And um, that was his whole sermon that we need to. And and one of the things that he said was really great was um, you have to become these things to these people up until until it presses against your convictions. Mm. And that was really clarifying. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you can't go to, as a guy, you don't go to their strip club mm-hmm. to say, oh, I'm, I'm becoming a, a stripper watcher for the sake of this stripper yeah, yeah, watcher. Yeah. You know, that's t- completely against your conviction, yeah. completely against what God wants. So you don't yeah. become that. And that's, he, very, he clarified that very well. And I think this was the first time I ever really heard in the Methodist system talk so heavily about the gospel. Mm. And I, I literally started tearing at the end of the sermon because mm. it was so... I was so judgmental, mm. and yet God like completely uh, changed it. And so, I really think that the California Pacific Conference that we were a part of, and this Texas conference, mm-hmm. it's like are night and day. Different. Yeah, it's literally night. Which and was day. that was something that was very surprising to me because I mean, it's I, we, I feel like we've talked about this a lot recently, and maybe it's because we've just been meeting a lot of new people since we moved here. Um, but it's so funny because whenever we tell our stories, it always, we always say how you grew up in the church and you, you know, you're a PK, a pastor's kid and everything Mm. and all that. And here's Christine who doesn't know anything about, you know, like I didn't grow up in church and I don't know about like American church stuff or what's the quote unquote normal or what's not normal. You know, I'm just learning it as I go. And (coughs) that was surprising to think like. Whoa, I know California as a state is kind of liberal. And to see that maybe even, like, theologically, maybe their beliefs are somewhat liberal. And I wonder how much of that is affected by the people living in that state. Mm-hmm. And then you come to here in Texas, and something that I'm still learning is, like, learning, yeah, that people are super conservative. And, like, it, it's kind of shocking for me. Like, yeah. I will see in a lot of my coworkers' cubicles, like, Bible verses or something about faith. And mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, I'm like surrounded by a lot of people who are christians yeah. you know or or people who don't question god or yeah. grew up as this is the norm which i know is a whole nother battle in itself or like in a liberal state even like hawaii like it's you don't see that that much you know and so it's a battle to even like remember share your faith, yeah, yeah, yeah you know i mean to even be sorry to interrupt it, but yeah. even like in stores in texas yeah like they have all these decorations that like like, you can go to a, a hobby shop, kind of like, uh, what's oh, a hobby shop yeah. in Hawaii? Um, ben Franklin's? Like, Ben Franklin's. You can go into a, something like Ben Franklin's, and there's all these signs and decorations They're of faith-based. a faith base. Yeah, yeah, like scripture or yeah. God is good and yeah. all these things. And it's a public place. Yeah. And every time I see that, I get thrown <laughs> off because in yeah. Hawaii, you would never see that. Yeah. Or barely unless you go to a Christian store. Yeah. And that's what throws me off. Yeah, you know so that's I mean? been kind of interesting too. Where I thought, oh wow, interesting that we're here in Texas, and, um, like you know what I mean. I wonder if the Methodists here in Texas believe in things theologically have differences from the Methodists in California, or you know. But I mean, at the same time, like whatever denomination you are, it's just interesting to think that even the culture of your state has some kind of like pool, or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I thought that's been interesting, but. Um, I'm looking at my notes from the sermon, and there are a few things that he said, his words that were great, I thought. But um, going back to the football thing, he had said, wherever you go, you better learn the territory. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, figure out who the people are 
And then, um, and again, yeah, when he talked about the gospel needs to be contextualized, he said, there are certain parts of service that need to be contextualized. And I like that he shared, like, even in Texas alone, he'll go to one Methodist church, yeah. and to that church, he's going to wear his robes, right? Yeah. His, like, very formal very stuff. traditional yeah. church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go down the block to another Methodist church, and because he knows, you know, the culture, in that one, he's going to walk in with, like, a collared shirt and jeans. Yeah. You know, because he knows that that's, they're more laid back. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I really, really respected him because... um of just his awareness of that, of mm-hmm. like, you need to learn your cult, like who these people are that yeah. you're going to be surrounded with and doing yeah. life with, and um, adjust accordingly. And um, some questions that he had asked were like, "What are the issues in your community?" Mm. You know, um, and I thought that was something to, good to mull over about. Um, and then he talked about again that passage about Paul being, you know, to the Jews, I become a Jew. He was saying, Paul becomes what the other people need him to be. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, I think because he has the role of a pastor, he realized that when he was positioned to that small town in Texas or whatever, he realized when, you know, the the congregation were big high school football people, um, supporters, he learned that, oh, as a pastor, they they need me to be a supporter too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just because they realize, oh, he's there and he's, coming into our culture and embracing it yeah. and becoming like us, yeah. it makes it easier for them to like listen to yeah. him. It right? makes it easy to identify with yeah. him. Yeah, and he has shared a story too where he bumped into another <laughs> pastor, right? In a grocery store or something. Yeah. And so I guess the thing was like, if it's your home game, you got to be there. Yeah. But if it's an away game, then obviously you don't have to travel yeah. to go to the yeah. football game. And so he bumped into that other pastor. Do you remember this? Yeah. And then he had said like, wait, what are you doing here? You know, like you have a home game today and something like the pastor said like, oh, I, I don't, I don't do that. I you don't know, go like, to any of the games. Right. And then he said, in about a few months later, he left that church. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and then I think it was just really commendable that like he makes that effort or he, yeah. he recognizes what the needs of the people are as, as silly as or, or trivial it might be as like we just need you to be part of our high school football yeah. like supporting we need crew. you to be a part of our yeah community, yeah period you yeah. know and to come into that i think was was a huge thing to learn but anyway the last thing he <coughs> had said was um his takeaway was know your territory be deeply committed connect the gospel to the community yeah and i thought that was really good and i feel like i'm like how do you think that you're learning that here in texas or you know how is the community different here in texas as hawaii i guess for you oh that's a deep question why did you tell me this before so i can think about this because we don't pre-plan our podcast daniel (laughs) right we always if we're in the car and we start to get into good conversation we're like wait 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 this might be really good to say for later (laughs) we just cut the conversation and we're like so what do you want to talk about (laughs) But this is why, because we want, I don't, I don't even know what you're going to say, you know, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, that's just a flat out. I don't know. Um, what I have come to learn though, is that <coughs> um, no matter where you go, there's going to be a basic need, mm-hmm. um, a basic need of community a basic need of a fellowship a basic need of listening to one another um encouraging one another um 
but I probably can't say I know what I know Texas people because I've only been here yeah for about four or five months so it's a little it's tougher to say almost half a year it's been five months yeah, yeah. so it's a little tough to say like this is who the Texas people are oh yeah because it is a lot different too in the sense of like um I guess initial observations because I, I agree I I still feel like I'm learning the culture and learning the people yeah you know there's much to learn still I think I don't know. Um if I had to be very brutally honest. <laughs> Pick your words wisely. <laughs> <laughs> um there is a sense of and I'm not saying that this is everyone in Texas, but I think this is kind of the American culture church. Mm. where speaking about Jesus is not common in yeah. church relationships. Yeah. And I'm definitely not saying if anyone from Texas is hearing this that we know. I'm not definitely not saying that every single person I've met doesn't talk about yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Maybe. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the general scene, and that's kind of the what I've come to learn is the American culture church. Yeah, see, I don't when you say that I I have a glimpse of what that is, but I think I'm learning it. Yeah. Because when I was in uh, the church before uh, the Hawaii church, before Refresh and before New Song. Yeah. With the people I hung out that were from church. Yeah. I didn't talk to G- about Jesus. Yeah. At all. Or maybe very little, if anything. The only time we talk about Jesus is in the Jesus setting, which is like retreats and yeah. we're in the small groups or yeah. whatever. But, but outside, outside of that, of that right? it was very little Jesus talk. And so... Yeah, that's that's kind of, um, but at, at the same time, we came from a culture that was much different. Yeah, where our culture um, previously was very centered about Jesus yeah. and very centered around um, encouraging each other to Jesus, yeah. and we hung out all the time, praying for one another yeah. and and talking about what we read and talking about what God is doing with us. So I think that's the biggest. Um, change but again i think that change is only because we came from an abnormal culture culture i guess you could say see and that's i think that's funny because i'm like okay so there's a texas hawaii culture that's different and there's like the american church versus like an island thing that's different yeah but even on the island we were a little different yeah you know so i think that's why refresh was different yeah i i think than another a regular church a regular american church Mm. yeah so yeah, that's that's the difference that I've seen. I mean, in Texas, there's the cultural things. I I, I keep saying shoots to people. <laughs> I'll randomly saying um, the kind. Okay, I'll, I'll say, can you uh, try pass me that? Yeah, I'll I'll keep saying these things. But one thing you do say now that I'm like, why did you say that? Right, remember? <laughs> uh, one of the things I say, uh, I realize in Texas, a lot of people say uh, they use the word appreciate. So I appreciate that mm-hmm. a lot. instead of thank instead you. Instead of thank you. Um, and I actually really, when I first heard it, I really liked it because uh, mm. I like the word appreciate. I think, in my opinion, I guess to them saying thanks is kind of like how we say, or to them saying I appreciate it is kind of like how we say thanks. We just mm-hmm. kind of say it out of formality. We don't necessarily mean it too much. Yeah. But hearing the word appreciate it, it felt more real or more genuine than if I were to say thanks. For some reason, I don't know. It's just, mm. that's just a pers- completely personal <laughs> thing. And so I say that a lot now. Whenever someone passes it to me or, or someone does something for me, I say, oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. 
I noticed that with some of my coworkers who are, like, really, like, southern in Texas and they have withdrawal, like, it's kind of cool to hear that. But a lot of them will be like, oh, um, so-and-so, you know, and just I just say their name because I want to ask them a question. And they always say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I thought of um, the Vegas because yeah. Tanya would do that. And I was like, oh, I miss them. But it's cool to see that, you know. I'm like, oh, that's totally a Texas thing, you know. I mean, it could be a southern thing, but I've, I mean, we've only been in Texas, so that's all I know. But, um Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird when we just had a, for work, we just had a contractor um, do some stuff in our rooms. And I'll talk to him and he's like in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell him something, I ask him a question. He says, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm like, oh, dude, you're like twice my age. Don't say that. That feels super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't stop telling him that, but I felt really uncomfortable. I like it though. It's a very like respectful. respectful. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, we kind of have lost that in this day and age. And I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. But what but, about you? Oh, I totally just got you what? off. Regarding Regarding the same the, question. What was the question? <laughs> the question was... The community thing? No. The question was, oh. uh, what is different? Mm. Um, Spiritually? Well, just in general. What 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 is... Their last question was, as I forget... Um, know, your tele- know, know your territory, de- be deeply committed, and connect the gospel to the community. Mm-hmm. And the question was... Um, what do you see this community, this culture that is different than Hawaii? Mm-hmm. I guess. I think that was the question, something like that. Huh. I should have known you were going to ask me the question. <laughs> I didn't prepare an answer, obviously. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now you know how I feel. I have to say this, that I think because I think I really started to press into the Lord in Hawaii, you know, during college, that that culture, that refresh had set of asking each other about, what did you read today, you know? Um, I know at a certain point it got weird of, like, a checkup of, like, what did you read today? And they go, oh, crap, I, I didn't read it, yeah. you know? And, like, and I understand that part. But, um, but when it was a genuine, what did you read today? And then you hear what they've been learning about God, it was so life-bringing mm-hmm. to be like whoa that's super cool you know and i remember this is so funny i remember when we were walked to classes i don't know not together but we were just walking together on campus <laughs> and i kind of liked you and um of course you did. Uh, whatever <laughs> um but i remember we were we would talk about what we read and I remember that was one reason I liked hanging out with you because you were reading stuff that I had never heard about. Do you remember this? You told me about the story of you said, oh, I'm writing a short story and I'm going to base it upon the King Eglon or something. The one that he was like uh-huh. super big and then the, the knife went into his fat and like covered over it. And like it was yeah. this weird, really bizarre story. And uh-huh. the scripture can be yeah. so bizarre at times. Anyway, that was one of the most bizarre stories. I'm like, well, you read what? <laughs> you know? And I remember after you left, I was going to Sinclair. You were probably going to class. I was not stalking you, though. I don't know why we were walking together. <laughs> I think we had lunch together, you know, in the group. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, you went to class. I went to Sinclair. And I remember opening up my Bible and looking for it. Mm. And reading the story because I'm like, I don't think, you know, but I didn't think you were lying. But I was like, that's in the Bible, yeah. you know? And... I think just the sheer excitement of learning new things, you know, from yeah. one another and stuff. Yeah. And so that to me was, you know, the culture that I was raised up in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. of um, genuinely asking each other, like, how are you doing with the Lord? Yeah. And that to me seems a deeper question and a more intimate question than how are you doing? Yeah. 
you know, because I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone ever answers how are you doing honestly in the first round. Because mm-hmm. even that's why when you said how are you doing in the beginning, and I said good, and I'm like, well, not I'm not doing good, and I'm doing bad, but you know, I'm not gonna expound upon mm-hmm. it. So you just settle and say good, just because you don't want to get into that conversation, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but I think most people are willing to go into that conversation if you really sit down with them, yeah. right? Um, that's why whenever I converse with people, I either <laughs> ask that question twice or I tell oh. them when they say, oh, I'm doing good. And I say, what does that mean? Oh, you do say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know there, I do miss that because I think because that was such a prominent culture, it was quote unquote normal. Yeah. But I didn't realize that even within Hawaii, that wasn't a common thing. Yeah. You know, um, but I didn't know, you know, yeah. and so just pure ignorance. Um, but I think I was really blessed by that, you know, because mm-hmm. I realized that, um, that still continues to this day. You know, mm-hmm. you can check mm-hmm. up on friends and, um, share what you're learning, you know, and, um, and I love that, you know, I still to this day, when I read certain texts and hear about what people are learning or God's doing, like it's encouraging and it's stimulating and it's cool. It really feels like, oh, there is a greater race that we're running than just our jobs, you know, mm-hmm. or work or family, um, but yeah, I think I'm still trying to learn the community here in Texas because I think it's, I think it's neat that like, or I'm still kind of like shell shocked, I guess, about like, wow, people are really like open to like God mm-hmm. and Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, um, at least an expression. Yeah. But then when you start talking to people, um, I, I guess that's where, I don't know, like the reality comes into play of mm-hmm. like um yeah sometimes it is a little awkward to ask people how they're doing with you know what mm-hmm. they're learning and stuff and at the same time like i've had some really good conversations here with people about yeah. how they're doing with god yeah and it's too. i think it's for lack of better words it's sifting through that yeah and it's 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 finding people and i think this this applies to wherever you are in the world but it's finding people who are running um you know, yeah. the race and, and you're coming alongside them yeah. in the race, right? And yeah. um, and so I think that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to navigate, like, who's running, yeah. you know? And um, and, and I want to come alongside them and run with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I know that will encourage me and hopefully I can encourage them and stuff. But yeah. um, but it is interesting where I am learning that um, I... I I think that it was an uncommon thing for women particularly to press into scripture pretty deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I've, I've heard a couple of like mainland women pastors talk about like women need to like press in more into the word and study and mm-hmm. not just accept the, you know, feel good stuff and not just always quote that Psalm that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> you know, I think Jen Wilkin made a great point about it's not about you. It's about God who made you fearfully yeah, yeah. and wonderfully, you know, and, and I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of things. I understand why people would quote yeah, that yeah, and yeah, are comforted. Yeah. And I think that's totally valid. God speaks. Um, but um, I, th- I think I am noticing that here a little bit of like, um, there isn't as much of a pressing into the word. Mm-hmm. And I realize that when I'm not surrounded by that culture, I do get lax, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel it. I feel the difference of like, um, I'm just doing life and I'm not getting to know God, you know. Yeah. So... 
So I am currently, I have been currently in my Bible in a yearish plan. <laughs> Bible in a yearish. Yeah, it's been way over a year. But more recently, I feel like God has convicted me to be like, Christine, just press in. Yeah. You don't have to get it perfect the first time. You don't have to dissect every single passage you read. Yeah. But the reason why I wanted to do that is because I've never read through the Bible in its entirety, and I've never seen the big story. Mm. Like I've never seen how this one book will talk about something and how that will later on connect to something else and for me mm. to realize, wow, they're intertwined. You know, and I think it's it it is so true that like I mean yeah we have like a Harry Potter series and it's one narrative that's going throughout and there's、mm-hmm. different tales, but you don't but it's still one author yeah and and granted scripture is one author but there's so many people who wrote their different books at different time periods and in different styles、mm-hmm. and how the heck does that all connect yeah and the fact that it's just the spirit of God leading them and that's what makes it connect. Yeah. It, that's there's there's no other piece of literature, you know, as a literature nerd that I know of. You know, granted, I'm not a professor, so maybe I'm missing certain old、yeah. school stuff. But there is nothing as fascinating as that concept of、yeah. so many different books. You know, and I think I forget that they're individually different books. So to approach it and to learn it and stuff. But、um, yeah, I think more recently God's just like kind of lit a fire under my butt of like. Hurry up, you know. <laughs> But that's been my life. I feel like God has always pushed me into things earlier than I expected, like marriage, because、um, I because I want to take my time, you know. And I wanted my masters, and I wanted to have a career. You know? Yes, yeah. I really was like, I'm, I don't. Marriage was like an afterthought, you know. I knew I wanted to get married, but it was kind of an afterthought. So. It's funny how God works in、yeah. ways we don't expect, but it really is to our betterment and draws us closer to Him. So, <laughs> yeah, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Yeah. So, anyway, I rambled. <laughs> good ramble. Yeah. Good ramble. But yeah, I was I was really thoroughly blessed、um, by going to that and the.、Um, Hearing from that pastor at the、mm-hmm. Methodist conference,、yeah. and again because I was the only exposure I had was like, "Ooh, they're they talk a lot about political stuff." I don't know how I feel about this, you know.、Yeah. And I was just kind of on the fence. Of, I just I didn't really have any solidified thoughts or feelings, but I was just like, "Whoa, it's kind of political," you know.、Mm-hmm. Just kind of jarred by that. And then night and day, you know.、Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And it just made me think. I I really do need to study my community more now, you、mm-hmm. know. And get to know the Texas culture and embrace it. And I will except for the word y'all. Yeah, okay, I yeah. will never say y'all. <laughs> Telling you guys that now, I will always say you guys. And you, no, I won't even say you all. You guys, yeah, I never said you all. That's not a Hawaii thing. I do want to go.、Um, I a couple people in this like, young adult Facebook group at church they go dancing, and I think it's 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 like it's like、um, line dancing. I think I very much want to try that. Go ahead. Just, I need、I'm、a partner. Going, no, I'm not going to.、Uh, I don't like dancing. Oh, you're gonna go one day. I'm gonna pray. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord will change your heart. <laughs> oh, the Lord will change yours. Or maybe.、Yeah. <laughs> There is not a reason to. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. My whole work is about disclaimers, <laughs> car advertisements, and, and anyway.、Yeah. Any last thoughts or? Uh, I don't know things that you've been reading. Recommendations, random thoughts. You're reading what? The Trellis and the Vine right now. Yeah, I'm reading Trellis and the Vine.、Um, yeah. Trellis and the Vine is a really good book about ministry,、mm. um, and um, 
yeah, it's actually really good in the sense of like it really it brings me back. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna. Yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna say it. Um, it Pick your words wisely. It really <laughs> brings me back to what we used to do at Refresh um, and the good things that we used to do, and it really reminded me of the benefits of what we used to do mm-hmm. and how we used to do it. And one of the big things is how uh, in the first <laughs> few chapters of the book, it talks about like ministry being a person-centered thing, not a need-centered thing. Mm. So meaning like um, I noticed that churches nowadays, whatever is needed, um, churches will just throw people into it. Mm -hmm. So if we need this, we just need, we're going to put these people into it. Mm -hmm. Versus um, I think at Refresh, although there were certain things that, that were off about it, one of the things that was really good was how we looked at a person and saw that they were really gifted in this, and we built a ministry around that. Mm. Versus, oh, we need, have a need here. Let's just put people in it. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Charles and the Vine was really talking about how we need to do ministry as a people-centered mm. style rather than need-based style, mm. and that was really affirming in the things that that we used to do in that sense. But, mm-hmm. I mean, because that's the best way to grow something. Can't, it's hard to grow something when people are forced to do something that they're not, they don't yeah. like to do or whatever, or they're just doing it just to just And to I maintain. wonder if maybe that's why some people don't even volunteer because they're like, but that's not what I'm good at, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Case in point, um, children's ministry for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been both looking for ways to serve and and I we keep hearing there's such a need for it. Yeah. And part of my heart, honest, I'll condense this because I know I rambled <laughs> earlier. Part of my heart aches because I'm like, Christine, you're capable, you can, suck it up, just do it. Yeah. But I, I fully know that I'm I'm not very good with kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like kids, you know, and I like playing with them. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the youngest kids. In, oh, that doesn't work because you're the youngest kid and you're great with kids. Um, <laughs> but there's something with me that I'm, I'm kind of awkward around kids, you know. Um, that's what it is. With younger kids, yeah. yeah. I think high schoolers are a little bit easier for me. Hence why I taught high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I know that it's. It, it gives me a little anxiety sometimes yeah. just thinking about it. And we're going to yeah. shadow tomorrow, and so we're not committed yet. But yeah. we're going to shadow, and then I'm really going to prayerfully consider it. But on another side point, you've been doing helping out with sound a little bit, right? Yeah. Rotating in. And I'm going to be shadowing with clicking slides. And I remember telling the lady, you know, I, um, I'm i not very good with kids, you know, and mm-hmm. but I'm better with technology. And she was like, oh, well, I'm that's why I'm here too. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of encouraged by that, thinking like, I, I know it's not my muscle to, yeah. you know, work with kids. Yeah. And when I, it's night and day when I see you with kids, and I'm like, I'm not like that. <laughs> but I'm the girl, you know, and the, it's yeah. always like the woman is like, no, you know, with the kids. And I'm like, I fail. <laughs> I will make you a PowerPoint, you know, <laughs> like to show to the kids, you know, or something. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I, I, I'm still going to figure that out but yeah. you know what i mean like if if that was the only method of service you know at this church that we're going to i think i'd be really apprehensive yeah. you know and i can understand why people won't volunteer no, of course you know? and, and you have to you have to remember that um every person is different and every season is different mm-hmm. and there are certain seasons that god puts a person in where he wants you to do things that are uncomfortable oh, and yeah. not yeah. work that way but there's also seasons where that's not the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? And God has built people differently, which is why I really believe uh, when 
uh, Paul uses the body illustration. Yeah. Some people have the arms, some people have the legs, some people have the face, whatever it is. Or not the, the face. face. Because <laughs> Jesus is the head, so yeah. whatever. But you know what I mean. But um, <laughs> face. Wait. That's, you know how people say, okay, Jesus is the head, and some people say you could be a nose or you could be a mouth? Technically, you can't because that's well, part the, of the head. Well, Paul does use the ear as Oh, does he? Okay, oh, sorry. He? Now I'm getting all technical. Doesn't I don't matter. know. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah, he's, but whatever. <laughs> sorry, <Lord>. But <laughs> the Lord is the brain. Let's oh. put it that way. But yeah, I mean, it's the idea that um, it, 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 is, it is a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. And I went through certain seasons where I did stuff that I didn't want to do. Mm. You know what I mean? I did middle school <laughs> at one point at at uh, Refresh uh, when it was when Blake was in middle school <laughs> and he bought like two other guys. Um, that was really tough for me, but I stuck it through. I did choir. That was really tough for me. Mm. Um, but it, God, I thought God was doing it at the time, mm. and I grew from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here I am now, and there are certain ministries that I just won't do just because. Yeah. It's just, it's just not yeah. gonna work for me. And I guess so. it's because I've done children's before too, and I was like, "This is really I mean, not for yeah. me." You and know? it's taste around. I mean, yeah. So we'll see. I'm gonna try it out tomorrow and mm-hmm. see because I do want to be helpful to the body, you know. Yeah. But I still understand my role in it. Yeah. Which, speaking of the body, my quiet time today was in Chronicles of Narnia. Sorry. Oh, I do want to read that again. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep um, going. Distraction. But anyway, cool thing is there was a guy who made all the flat cakes. I think it's like the breads or something. Like one guy specifically. Okay. And it was cool that they named him. And there was like, I uh, think. That's a good point. Yeah. I think. Um, here, let me pull up my Bible app. I just was like, it just really reminded me of like, whoa, even back then they're like, Different people doing different parts, you know, and... Big and small. Yeah. Try go First Chronicles 6? <laughs> Try go. <laughs> Try go First Chronicles 6. Or it's 5. 6 or 5. Okay. What am I looking for? Um, You know, remember where I told you about, like, hey, these are the first worship leaders. That was at 9. That was at 9? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 9 or 10. End of nine or end of ten? The singers. Right before the singers. The right before the singers. Some of the responsible for preparing the rows of bread of the presence for every Sabbath. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, there's like the one. No, that's what it says. That they. Kohathites were. Kohathites. Are you looking at nine or ten? Nine. At the end of nine. I talked about it right there. I just said it. Wait, I can't see it. Oh, wait, where, where? oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, here we go. First Chronicles 9, 28. So some of them were in charge of the utensils. This is from the CSB. Some of them were in charge of the utensils used in worship. They would count them when they brought them in and when they took them out. Others were, others were put in charge of the furnishings and all the utensils of the sanctuary, as well as the fine flour, wine, oil, incense, and spices. Some of the priest's sons mixed the spices. And then it says in 31, a Levite called, M- M- I can't say his name. It looks like Matthew and Matthias, Matthias, but mixed together. Matilda. A Levite called so-and-so, the firstborn of this other Korahite, <laughs> was entrusted with breaking, with baking the bread. And I was like... I don't know. When I read it this morning, I was like, dude, there was a guy who was in charge of baking. <laughs> right on. You know, like, I don't know. I just think it's cool that he's named. And I think yeah. it's cool that 
he did that, you know? And it was, like, very obvious that everyone just did their parts. And some people, based upon their family, were, you know, singers. And some people were, you know, serving in the tents. And yeah, I just thought that was neat. It was really, really neat. Yeah, it reminds me of the verse. I don't know if I can find this quick enough. I don't even know where it is. It's in Hebrews. That is another thing in the mainland here is realizing like um how does a church encourage its congregation to um like find its giftings or to serve as mm. part of the body because it seems like you know they cover the bases and then everyone just comes and consumes almost yeah or you know our consumers and stuff yeah. um and and i wonder you know how how does a bigger church you know really encourage it's congregation to serve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, in a way that is challenging yet focused on the gospel. Yeah, or just creating ways to serve. I think that was something that was neat about refreshes. There was never a, like if I wanted to serve, I could serve. Yeah, and f- for us, um, it's been very difficult to find to get involved in service yeah. here, and so that's just been something interesting. Mm-hmm. Going back to your bread guy. <laughs> uh, the verse that reminded me was Hebrews 6 and it says for God is not unjust he will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated uh, for his name by serving the saints hmm. and by continuing to serve them so it's like even the bread guy as small as that task may be or as, yeah. as big as that task may be I don't know yeah you don't know how often you have to bake the bread yeah and so God still doesn't forget that yeah and God in that passage immediately shows you that he names them in the scriptures. Yeah, he didn't have to. He yeah. said there was some guy who made, bread. who made bread. He didn't even have to mention about the bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he does. And so all the big things yeah. from the pastor preaching to the lady who decides to make trail mix mm-hmm. on the side, mm-hmm. every single one of them is seen yeah. and blessed by yeah. God. So. All right, 58 minutes and 28 seconds. Ooh. Sorry that this is a long one. What what sorry, what time were we averaging? I worry about it like forty five minutes an oh, hour. Darn. You know how we're like, let's keep it to thirty minutes, Daniel. Thirty yeah, I minutes. Know that's never gonna okay, happen. what's well, yeah, it's been a while. I too. think it was like thirty minutes once we started talking about the, the oh. Methodist thing. <laughs> okay. Well that was good. I think yeah. I mean for me too, I feel like I'm gonna process a lot of this and continue to think about hmm how I can learn more about the community here and connect the gospel to that specific yeah. community. So it's good. Yeah. So food for thought. Thanks for listening. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this and if you're not listening to this, it doesn't matter because you won't hear what oh, I say. Gosh. So uh, <laughs> if you have any um, questions or if you um, want us to talk about something, yeah. we're trying to figure things out as we go. So. Yeah. We have no structure here. Yeah. So just let yeah. us know. Let's yeah. create a subreddit, Daniel. No, <laughs> that's not. Okay. But yeah. Um, thank you and hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. And we'll come back later and do this again. See you guys soon. Bye bye. Bye.